Welcome to another In the Telling Scrap episode, segments that are too good to be left on the cutting room floor. In this scrap episode, Josh Richardson talks about the layers of interpretation and collaboration in the theatrical process. This scrap episode is sponsored by Anthony Buck. Anthony Buck has been teaching people to sing with greater ease and strength and more beautiful tone for over 10 years. His students successfully sing musical theater, pop, classical, and even rock music. Let Anthony help you meet your singing goals. Email atb at anthonythomasbuck.com to schedule a lesson today. And now Josh Richardson. I like the way you're describing this because it sounds like theater as a collaborative creative effort uh, has stages mm-hmm. to it. I mean, obviously the playwright has a happens a lot of layers before we get to the audience. Yeah. But there's still a... Um, I don't want to say a back and forth because that doesn't seem quite right, but there is a, a collaboration between those layers as they happen, even if those people aren't in the room. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm working with your efforts, and if your efforts didn't go this way, then I will. I'll have to because yeah. you didn't. But you went this way, and so that's taken care of for me. Talk about I just know between that. the actor and the playwright. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the director and the playwright. Are, I mean, yeah. now that I've thought about it, it kind of happens every layer, right? Yeah, as well it should. Um, and that's one of the other fun things I love as both as an actor and a director is making those discoveries. You know, there may be a line in a show that I have and, and through three quarters of my performances, I thought it meant one thing, but then one night, one actor will give me the, the cue for it. And I'll go, well, that's a new way of doing it. Then my response has changed this way and a whole new light bulb will go on going, well, is this what the playwright always intended? Maybe. Maybe they never thought of it. Maybe this is just a new interpretation. But by allowing ourselves to to listen, to engage, to be open to learning something new and knowing that just because I've always said it this way doesn't mean I always have to. And it, the same thing happens in rehearsal. This happens all the time in rehearsals. Is I'll, I'll have a scene blocked out in my mind and what I, how I want it to go. And then I put actors in there who, who can't see right into my mind as much as I like to pontificate and talk about things. And then they'll, they'll do a line delivery and I'll go, oh my gosh, that is more brilliant than anything I ever conceived. Wonderful. Keep it. Love it. I'm going to claim that it was my idea. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But, um, you know, it's that, it's those discoveries and those great moments that even in the simplest passages or the most complicated scenes that you can find new things no matter how many times you've done a show. You know, I I love long runs because it lets you play and try things and, and keep it honest right up to the end. I remember one show I did where it was our, our second to last show. Something amazing happened that night. And the, the, the thought was, oh, what a bummer that it's it's too late to put this into practice now. What are you talking about? We have one more chance. That means that our final show could very well be the greatest performance of the entire run, which is what your goal ought to be. You know, if you learn something every night, then every performance you do should be your best performance to date, leading up to the very last one. I want to ask you about that word discoveries. Mm-hmm. How does that how does that happen in the creative process for you as a director with your production team? Sure. Okay. Uh, how, do, how, how do discoveries come into play? Yeah. In a lot of different ways. And, and some of it might be in, in the initial phase, which is where I am right now with Spelling Bee, it's, it's pulling in elements. Like I came across 
for my costumer, I came across this slideshow of tragic school pictures, like awkward school pictures from the last 25 years of, of, of kids wearing the most bizarre things or with funny hair or whatever. But all of these little kids were just so earnest and so bright and cheerful and so clueless as to how ridiculous they looked. And so I sent that to my costumer and I said, I just, I found this. And as I looked through it and laughed, I went, you know what? I want this kind of sincere awkwardness in my costumes. So it's discovering things like inspiration at the beginning. And then as you work through it, you know, things with um, like a set designer where you may be, you have an outline of what you want the set to look like, but then you're in rehearsal and someone does something brilliant. You go, you know what? I love this moment, but it's not going to work with what we've been talking about in our set design. So I need to make adjustments here and there. And if you've got that collaboration going with your production team where you can go, you know, we discovered this in rehearsal. I need you to make an adjustment or I need you to, I need a, a new special in my lighting. Cause right here is this moment that I didn't realize was so impactful, but it is. I mean, it happened in, in guys and dolls when we directed that. And I had my, a couple of my, my guys that, um, supporting characters, Nathan's buddies, uh, Benny South street, nicely, nicely. But I thought, you know, they're, they're fun. They've got some great stuff. They got a couple of good songs, but then we're in rehearsal these guys are hysterical and they're finding things in the script I had no idea were there. And so I'd, I'd be giving them notes like, wait a minute, that thing you just did, can you do it but bigger or do that same thing in this other moment? Uh, I'd, I'd ask them things like, all right, I got an idea for you, but you're going to look like idiots. And they're going, yes, yes, <laughs> give us those things. And so here these two minor characters became the heart and soul of the comic portion of this show because we were open to those kind of discoveries. And so while that didn't change, you know, the physicality of the set, it certainly changed how we framed the story and where the comic relief came in against the romance, against the, you know, the struggle. And it just makes the show so much more rich and full when you're open to discovery and inspiration from any source. So you've already named um, the set designer and the costumer. Mm -hmm. I inferred the stage manager because you talked about <laughs> we made this change in rehearsal and yep. communicating that to the production team will be the stage manager. Yep. Um, who else are you collaborating with as a director? Uh, well, he starts with the people that are on the ground in rehearsals with you, your music director, your choreographer. Um, if you've got, you know, fight choreography or, or dialect coaching, um, and then the what's going on around you, your set designer, lighting designer, costumer props designer, set painter, you know, is a lot of times a different thing. And they've all kind of got to be on the same page. Uh, the instruction I gave my production team for this one, as I said, what all of you need to keep in mind is colors. I want this whole, every costume, every set piece, I want it to look like they were done with a 16 pack of crayons. Nice. That's the palette we're going to limit ourselves to, you know? And, and so it, it's getting everybody on the same page with those broad concepts that then as we have our meetings, we can tweak and refine and, and bring new things in and say, hey, we thought about this or this happened in rehearsal or, you know, keep everybody together. Are you the kind of director who goes to that first production meeting and introduces a broad concept? Very much so. That's part of your process? Very much so. I try to, I try to find actually a single word thesis statement for all of my shows. Something that, that encapsulates our number one mission. For, it started with Man of La Mancha which is story. Because Man of La Mancha can be confusing, but the overall thing is, it's a story being told to these prisoners. And so that's every decision I wanted it to be weighed against. Does it tell the story? Guys and Dolls was style. Everything about that show, the, 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 the music, the costumes, the look, the performance, the set, was all style. 
you know? And so I try to find that one concept that, that I can run everything through. And sometimes it changes, but then when I go to that first production meeting and lay out, um, here's what we want to communicate. Here's the story we're going to get across. Here's what, here's my vision I have in mind. Just to try to give everybody a lens to, to view their jobs through. For 1776, it was spirit. You know, I want the audience, because this is a story everybody knows. Everybody knows. We fought the War of Independence and we got our, our declaration and we're a country. We know that story. But what I want people to walk out of that, that show going is, oh my gosh, I have a renewed sense of patriotism. I, I believe in the American dream again. You know, we had diametrically opposed forces that we want independence. No, we want to stay with Britain. And they came together through the end. But what they didn't have in that show really was villains. Everyone felt the spirit of what was going on. And, and I wanted the audience to walk out, you know, hearing the sound of the drums in their head and ready to go, you know, yay, go America. The, the way I knew that we had succeeded in that one, just for a little tangent, it's closing night and I came back to watch the show. And behind me in a couple of seats over, there's a couple of teenage girls watching the show. And I can just hear their, I can hear them get into it. I can hear them audibly react to what's going on. And they get to the end of the show. And here's John Dickinson, who is against, you know, independence. And he's making his passionate argument. And they're like, no, no, we don't, we don't want that. And one of them's going, John Adams, we believe in you. We can do it. And her friend goes, you know how this ends. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, if we can do that, if we can have these teenage kids that are most often written off, uh, by the older generation of all oh, these kids, whatever. But they're so engaged and so involved in the spirit of this show. I'm, I'm just hearing this wonderful conversation going on. Going, yes, yes, that is the cooperation. That's the collaboration with an audience that I want. Uh, but it starts with that, that message. What is the theme? What do I want to get across to my audience? Thank you for listening to this In the Telling Scrapisode, sponsored by vocal teacher Anthony Buck. Email atb at anthonythomasbuck.com to schedule a lesson today. Let Anthony help you meet your singing goals. Read between